This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 110. Today on our show, Catherine Bodak from Fox 19. Climate and weather are two different things, and they can impact, you know, each other in different ways, and it's very complex. You know, you can't just say that if you have a warm weekend that, you know, that, well, that's global warming, you know what I mean? Or even a cold weekend, like, well, that's a hoax, you know? You can't say that just because you're oversimplifying something that's very, very complex. She's a gal from Michigan's Upper Peninsula who got interested in weather at a young age. Catherine talks to us about how she's embraced the Queen City, doing more non-weather-related reports on Fox 19, and what it really means when there's a 50% chance of rain, and a whole lot more. If you've been liking the podcast, of course, you can help support it by PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and kick in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off to the end of the episode, as chosen by our guest, Ms. Boda. And now, let's talk to Catherine. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. She came down Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm in Cincinnati. I'm off today, so I'm, I think I'm good for one day. <laughs> oh, nice. So news people get days off. That's a, I can never figure out people's schedules. Yes, time I'm we looking, were I'm like your mornings and your nights and in your days. Yeah, all the like, time. yeah, we were crazy. So I work weekends, so that means I have like weird days off. So Thursdays and Fridays I'm off, and then. Um, yeah, so then, and it's just weird hours for me. You know, I get up, most days I'm 6 to 2, but then if I do, like, the morning show, it's, like, cra- like 3.30 to 11.30, so just weird hours and just different days a week because news yeah. is 24-7, all that good stuff. So you never know if, uh, you know, you're going to be on the weather today or they're going to say, ah, oh, well, it's going to be... it's. I don't know. We're going to send you down the street and report at this, you know, Apple Butter Festival. I've been doing a lot more reporting, that's for sure. And I think that's just a drive for more content. And, you know, we have, um, we just expanded our newscast. So they want kind of more of that going on. But um, weather's been always my thing. So I'm here for weather, but it's just kind of getting out and doing some more activities and stuff. I've been doing like the story I did with you guys and yeah. getting out and doing that a little yeah. bit more. Which was the uh, Fiona Australia. Yeah. I yeah. still have, I have my shirt. I still wear it around. That's yeah. That's good. Is, it, is that the shirt you actually printed? Or I don't think it was, all but like I did. Printing, like I did Hollywood. get to print one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of helped along the way, you know? Yeah. That was so crazy. I know. That was... uh, You guys did a really good job with that, selling those shirts. Thanks. We tried. I mean, you like to take credit for it, but, you know, you got to give all the glory to Fiona and all the Fiona fanatics. Right. Um, Yep. So I, don't long. I don't know if there's yeah, a Fiona. Yeah, that design was cool. I don't know if there's a Fiona Corona tie-in, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Everything. I feel like our newscast has been the Corona show lately. But, oh, you know. know. It's going to... I'm sure it will continue to be... It's ridiculous. It more, is crazy. More to come. Right. So do you like doing the general assignment stuff? I do do... I do like doing it. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone in a way, but I've been kind of willing to take on new challenges. Um, for me, it's just kind of like going out and talking to people you know what i mean and i like doing that so and i've been doing like uh 
kind of light stuff is if they had if they started kind of transit I wouldn't be able to do I don't think any of the harder news just because yeah. it doesn't suit my personality but I don't mind getting out I've been meeting a lot of people in the community I've been kind of covering cool events um so yeah it's just kind of getting used to uh, for me nowadays um one of the big things in the business is uh multimedia journalists MMJs uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So you may see me by myself with a camera and then um, kind of doing everything on my own, which is way different than, you know, and I'm just kind of learning that as I go. But I've been doing that a lot more. And then you come back, you edit your story. So it's kind of one man doing How everything. You do it all, huh? Yeah. So that's kind wow. of been a little different. Is that what April O'Neil from the Turtles did? Was she an MMJ? She may have been. If she carried her own camera in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how she did Or maybe turtles. she did have a, a photographer. But it's just kind of, I feel like every day there's a new challenge because, um, you know, whether it be lighting or something, you know, or I'm doing an, like, for example, the other day I was doing an interview and uh, it just, it, I was on the auto mode, which most photographers will do everything manually, like set the color and the white balance and white all that balance, stuff. White balance, I remember that. Yes, and for me, I was just kind of like, I, I, I had auto going, and I've learned that that's probably not the best way to go because anything that then moves in the background, the camera will latch onto. Uh, so part of my interview was blurry. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, how do I kind of go around that? But I think you just kind of learn as you go. And uh, But I feel like for me, it was it's always weather, number one. Like, I even... I liked weather even before the whole TV thing. Um, so I kind of decided, well, how am I going to use my passion for weather to kind of make money? And yeah. of course, I toured a TV station and I was like, oh, this is this is where I belong. That so that's kind of, yeah, because I didn't know if I wanted to do National Weather Service. There was a whole period where I thought it'd be cool to work at an airport and just kind of like do track weather for planes and all that kind of stuff. But then I, because my dad's a pilot, I always thought that was cool. Um so, yeah, I kind of transitioned into TV because I thought I like talking and telling people what to wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long have you been in Cincinnati? I've been in Cincinnati going on six years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so quite some time. It's been good to me. I like Cincinnati a lot. I actually have my sister here. That's She's moved town. down, too. Okay. Yeah. I was like, we, we interviewed a lot of news people every now and then. It's, it's like... Uh, no one's from here. Everyone's been like seven or eight different places, right. and then they end up in Cincinnati. I've been so I'm originally from Michigan. Um, I'm from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which okay. not a lot UP. of yep, not a lot of people know of it or have been there. But yeah, uh, it's above Mackinac. I'm north right? of the bridge, right? Nice. And uh, yeah, so I started up there, and I think just kind of weather, you know, was just kind of you needed to know the weather in order to kind of function that day, you know. So um, that was just always my interest. And I've kind of moved, <laughs> I've moved definitely south from that point. So I worked at um, a station near Traverse City. That was my first mm-hmm. market. I was there for about a year when I was in college. And then the next market I was in was uh, Flint Saginaw. I was there for about four years. And then I'm, you know, I'm here, the nice. deep south. <laughs> what number was Traverse City? Traverse City was market 117. Nice. Not a bad place to start. And Cincinnati's and like? 30, mid-30s, I believe. 22. Okay. That's respectable. I think. It's a, it's a it's good medium-sized market. Yeah, Columbus, Cleveland, and, and uh, Cincinnati are all bunched together now. It always blows my mind that Columbus and Cincinnati are kind of similar population, aren't they? Yeah. Or is it a little smaller sort than Sort of. It's weird. Well, well, metropolitan Cincinnati and metropolitan Cleveland dwarf metropolitan Columbus. I see. The Columbus is so big because they took in the whole county. I, you know, and that does make a difference when you talk about... Because yeah. my... Um, 
that first market I was in was like 34 counties, you know, so here it's much yeah. less. Yeah. So it always kind of depends on how they condense the population. And how big was Flint Saginaw? That was market 67 or so. So I've kind of, I keep cutting in yeah. half. The smallest is just east of here. It's Huntington, West Virginia, Portsmouth, Ohio. Yeah, that those are the, getting up two, in the 200s. That's, that's 256. <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah. The so market, is that everyone's goal is to get the number one? You know, it used to be for me. Which is what? New York or L.A.? It would, yeah, one's New York, two's in L.A. I, um... It was, you know, back in the day, I really wanted to be on the Weather Channel. That was like my yeah. goal. But it definitely, I feel like for me over time, quality of life and you got to like the city you're in, like that's kind of trumped, you know, going to a big city. Yeah. I just feel like the bigger the city, the bigger the egos. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I hope I never get one of those big yeah. TV Ron Burgundy egos, although uh. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever met any uh, Ron Burgundies? Uh, there's definitely Ron Burgundy, Ron Burgundy types in the business. Um, but I don't know. I've got, I got had great advice. I had great mentors, too, who told me, you know, just never always be the same person in front of the camera as you are behind the camera. Because it's always, I feel like when you meet a celebrity or you meet somebody and they're just not, you know what I mean? They're not exactly who you kind of pictured them to be. They're maybe rude or something. It's just kind of a... And I don't know, you, you only get one impression of per, a person, and if you yeah. meet them for a couple minutes and you kind of get that vibe that they're just kind of above you or whatever, it's never a good thing. So I've always tried to be kind of myself, and it's an easy thing to be if you're not trying too hard then. There you go. <laughs> so I'm sure you get recognized when you're out and about. Yeah, I do. I get more so now than I used to. I'm, I'm weekend morning, so it took a little time, but I'm definitely, now that I've been here for about six years, you can tell when you go to a different market if you kind of fit into a place and I, I can tell I fit in here. You know what I mean? Like I'm definitely a Midwest personality type and I feel like, and, and the people in Cincinnati really like their on-air people. I feel like that's, yeah. even consultants will tell us this, like, cause they go to other markets and stuff like Cincinnati, the people in this market really kind of take pride in their local television people. And I don't think there's very many markets out there that do. It feels good to be part of something for me. Like that's why I would, kind of turn away from the Weather Channel or maybe those really big markets is you kind of become less of that, I want to say. Like, I like being able to go out to events and get recognized and kind of feel like I'm part of a community. And Yeah, Cincinnati royalty. It is yeah. nice. I, I do like that. And Cincinnati, I tell you what, it's been, it's a cool place. I feel like I've kind of came down here. Maybe it's always been going through this, but like a renaissance, I want to say. Like, And I've been kind of part of that growth. And I think it's like people are coming to the yeah. city. And the thing that struck me when I first, when I was interviewing down here was um because in Michigan I always got the vibe every especially like Flint um and you know Saginaw where I worked before everybody's always trying to leave and it felt yeah. like but here you get people who have grown up here they've been here their whole lives and I don't think you get that in very many places so it's kind of I thought it speak, speak volumes for the city that like people wanted to stay here. So I just thought that was kind of a cool feature that I hadn't noticed before when I had gone to other cities and markets. And so people I, move here. And people move here. And how many I, people move into Flint, I reckon? And not as many. And, and I love <laughs> Flint, you know, and even yeah. Detroit, you know, it has its charm and there are good places, you know. But, um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people are, I call them lifers, you know, they'll grow up here and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's kind of cool to take pride in where you live. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear that stat. Like, Cincinnati has one of the highest populations that never leave. I believe it. Because you, I, I don't know, you just kind of <clears throat> can get that. But especially when you work in TV news, you kind of, when you get to know people, you start kind of picking up on 
their personalities and stuff. And so it, yeah. it's kind of, I like that. Plus, it's a great uh, beer city. That was another good part. Oh, it is. <laughs> I know. That, that kind of got me in trouble. Well, not really in trouble, <laughs> but I mean, it's not a diet food. Yeah. It's almost getting <laughs> ridiculous. It's like every day you look on, you're yeah. like, how are these people, how are these places going to survive? But Well, hey, it's crazy because I, for example, Braxton Brewery, they were, when I first started here, they were just interview. I remember their first few interviews they were just starting and now they're like in Kroger. It's crazy to kind of see how that's kind of really yeah. taken off. It makes me think I should have got on something like that. <laughs> Braxton was what? Episode seven or eight? Seven or eight. Was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So I've been they really kind of the impressed. First ones we had on here. Yeah. How they've really kind of taken off since me coming here. So big craft beer fan. Yeah, definitely. I feel like too, um, Michigan has had it too. But then when I came here, there was just so many like breweries and stuff to check out. So it was just kind of fun to yeah. check got, out a new got scene. Any favorites? What's your favorite? Like Ryan Geist, that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of great ones. Can't go wrong. Braxton, I do like. It's hard to keep up. It is, and there's more and more that I discover, you know, and that's kind of makes it fun too. Yeah. To try out the, all the different ones. We had anyone open just in Anderson Township, uh, Big Ash Brewing in the okay. top, top Pavilion. Yeah. yeah. So. It's kind of, I like to try all the different, you realize um, that there are kind of, you can get kind of the same culture of people who, you know, are winos, if you will. <laughs> you kind of get the craft beer heads <laughs> as well. Is that kind of thing going on back in like Flint and Saginaw? Because I know this place are trying to reinvent themselves and I know. There is some, it's, it's a slower process, I think. And there is pride in the city, but it's just not, when you compare it to Cincinnati, I feel like there's, you don't get as many people stay in there. So it's probably just a different, probably a smaller population of people. There's some great, you know, even in, with Detroit, they have their own version of like, I always say OTR, they have Midtown and they have kind of their local appeal and stuff. But um, yeah, nothing like here. I like it here a lot. <laughs> so how did you get interested in the weather particularly? Was it when you were a little kid? And I was young. I always say meteorologists, they get their calling kind of at a young age, especially with just that passion of weather and um, I always say, like, where I'm from, it was a very small town. So um, I always tell people, my graduating class was seven kids. So I came from a tiny, wow. tiny wow. town. Seven. Yeah. Like 82, I thought that was low. That is small. But um, I, usually, I usually beat people. Um, we were, like, two hours from a stoplight, you know, right on wow. Lake Superior. Yeah. So the, the entire town's yearly population was about 300. And it would spike. It was very touristy wow. in the summer, so it would probably double. Like Dancer, Texas. Yeah, it was tiny. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, people's livelihoods kind of depended on the weather. So that was just every day you would check the weather. And I mean, like a lot of places can say that too. But I mean, for me, it was just kind of, I always felt like I had an edge if I could like be the person to kind of be like, yeah, today, you know, it'll be this temperature at the lake. And if you go inland, it'll be this, you know, or how much snow we're getting. So I just always had that passion uh, growing up in kind of that small area. So then I was like, well, what? And then I watched my local television station, which was I was Traverse City or Green Bay. That was Marquette, which Marquette. was Marquette. In the 200s, which always wow. makes me laugh because that was like growing up to me, that was the TV station, you know, and it was a very small market. More than one or just the one station? There was, at the time, there was only one station. Wow. And their meteorologist, and he is still up there to this day, his name's Carl Bonak. Very similar to my last name. So I just kind of like latched on to oh, that. Yeah. I remember being in high Bonac school. Bonak and Bonak. Yep. <laughs> I remember being in high school um, and I wrote him like an email back then and I was like you know I think it'd be really cool to be a meteorologist kind of like what you do 
what do you do? And then so he was like, okay, well, take as much math and science as you possibly can. <laughs> and being in a small school, I mean, there's limited options. And I was never what I'd consider, like, good at math. I was interested in science, of course, but math was like, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. So then um, I then... I remember um, when I went to college then, I went to Northern Michigan University for a couple years, which is in Marquette. I was able to kind of put together an internship with him. So he kind of was always in the background. He remembered me and everything. So then doing the internship really kind of helped, I think. And then right after that, I went to the National Weather Service, which was like right across the street from the TV station, which I also liked. But it, what was funny at the time is I didn't I was, wasn't really into their, they do, it's a government, you know, organization, so they do, like, shift work. And I was thinking, you know, at the time, I was like, yeah, that's crazy hours, you know, that'd be crazy, let alone, like, a TV station has crazy hours now. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, I just really was turned on to the TV aspect of it, and I just thought it was cool. So then, um, still, though, kind of like, okay, got to get into this math stuff. And um, then I transferred because they didn't have a meteorology degree at um, Northern Michigan University where I was going. So I kind of did the whole electronic journalism thing for them for a while. Went about two years and then I transferred into Central Michigan University, moved below the bridge. And um, go Chippewas. Yep. That's yeah, that's my alma mater. So then I went there. And uh, are they still the Chippewas? Yeah, they are. Okay, I know <laughs> they still are. And um, that's when I kind of honed in on the actual meteorology, and I ended up, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up with a double major and a minor. So I, I finished out like the electronic journalism, which ended up like was broadcasting. So I have Bachelor of Arts in broadcasting, and then I did the meteorology program, which was a four-year degree, no matter what you did. And um, and so it was, I had the time to kind of do both. And then because there was so much math in meteorology, I ended up getting a math minor. Oh. Because um, I think I only needed to take stats, and then I'd have a math minor. So after going from, like, being so afraid to doing it yeah, to actually getting a minor, I always felt... doesn't really mathematician. doesn't really help here. me now, and I, could t I couldn't do any equations for you, but I did. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I had, all, had them all written out. But it's all... It's <laughs> for me, it's, I, I like being able to brag that I went through Calc 4. Wow. With not, you know, being... And then starting from the bottom, I tell you what, because my high school was so small, I... I don't even know if we were, like, credited, you know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the you had to start meteorology and calculus, and I was, like, I think I tested for, like, MA100 or even the, the class that was, like, pre-college math, you know? So I started... I ended up skipping, I think, one math course, but it took a while. Wow. So, you still have to use a lot of math in meteorology? No, and that was going back to Carl Bonak, who was kind of a mentor at the time, and I interned with him. He... I remember he kept telling me, and what kind of drove me through it was he was like, you just got to do it. You just got to do it, you know? Because to a, from a day-to-day, -day, <laughs> you don't nothing. do. Yeah. This is math. But I, it does help you understand, you know, we talk, I'm sure you guys heard, have forecast models and all that jazz. It helps oh, yeah. you understand where, how those are made and kind of where they come from and stuff. So I think just understanding kind of how we get our data, which is very much analytically driven, helps with kind of that's why it's part of your I know we got your curriculum. European model. Yeah. Yep. We got uh oh, sounds hot. Euro is good in the wintertime. And actually it's been doing very well here. Yeah. I've been using that a little well now it's probably getting time He's to doing these fake news models that not so uh, much this year but like Nick last Cherry year was like, pick. 
you know, 10 days from now, we're going to 28 inches. Right. That's the thing. Snowmageddon. There's tons of models. There's like the main ones, like the Euro, the GFS, the NAM, RPM we use in-house. But um, I feel like with those, they'll cherry pick kind of the ones that are probably not the most trustworthy or they're experimental. And those, you know, end up being the clickbait and the stuff that you start hearing about, is which there is a local so frustrating. Weather channel who's like really into the clickbait models and ah, uh, like locally. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, Marzullo used to be. He used to. He no, actually, Frank. He gets them them uh, Facebook shares. <laughs> well, he that's his that's his stick. <laughs> like he knows. He's very savvy when it comes to knowing what people will. Not that he he puts out false information, but he understands the news business very well. So he kind of knows kind of what people like to kind of click on. And it does, it really does get people's attention, you know. Do you have to subscribe to those models? Or is that how these places make money or how do they? Some probably are. I know a lot of the main models that you can just, you guys could look it up. You you know what I mean? Like the GFS, the NAM. And honestly, like I usually, the only one I I believe we have access to is like our in-house RPM, which is the, you know, uh, the company that owns our computers. It's just kind of yeah. a smaller grid point, you know, localized model, which is actually useful, but they, you know, it has its quirks as well. So no one's doing their own Dopplers and power of this and that. And <sighs> you know, I took a class. I, mean, at- I still brag about accuracy and whatever, but it used to be like. Come to our station on top of the roof. Our Doppler's bigger than yours, and right. And, and I feel like that's part uh, of that's TV it's news. Calm down, yeah. You know, I yeah. Hopefully, it has calmed down. I've I've noticed in my I've been in the business for about ten years, and I've noticed that there has been a big. You don't see as many weather forecasters anymore because there's still a lot of people out there in television news who don't have degrees in meteorology. They're just a very good personality. Yeah. Or they're very good at explaining things. I can read a computer. Yeah. Yeah, and they they call it riff and reads. <laughs> so yeah. there are still, you know, those folks out here there, but I feel like you're getting less of them because the public I and I hope this is the way it's going, they value, you know, accuracy. And they they are starting to pick up on the fact that you want someone who has studied meteorology and has a degree in it or some certification toward the field to kind of get your information from. You wouldn't want, I feel like weather is probably one of the only fields out there where people can call themselves meteorologists, but don't actually have the coursework backing to be one. Yeah. So I feel like that's starting to, I'm hoping that's starting to change. And I feel like it has in my 10 years, people value they want people who are smart and understand what they're talking about. And I, I feel like different regions, too. Like, obviously, it, and that's why I feel like I'm definitely a Midwesterner, because Midwest really kind of like back telling you back at home, people care about the weather. Well, people in the Midwest, we get serious weather here. We get tornadoes. We get stor- winter storms and all that stuff. You don't necessarily. All in a week. Right. And you don't necessarily get that in Southern California or Arizona, New Mexico. You Those types of newscasts are definitely more personality driven, you know. So for me, it's just kind of I like being in a place where people do care about the weather and the forecasting. And they have, there's farm communities here. But that was huge back in Michigan was like people's livelihoods depended on, you know, what the spring looks like for their crops and getting, we had like a whole sponsored farm forecast just because you know that it's important to people, you know, yeah. and everybody, and nowadays with apps, everybody can check. And I always, I had a mentor told me, you know, everybody can check the day to day. You can go to your app and be like, Oh, it's not a bad day. 
it's a sunny day, temperature's this. Everybody can do that nowadays. But when it's hitting the fan, if you will, and people need to know what the weather, like if there's a storm happening or people's lives are at stake or their livelihood, like farming and stuff, that's when you're needed. And that's when you're expertise is valued the most. So they always say that's when you make your money because every from the day to day, people can kind of handle it. But it's when kind of, yeah, people's livelihoods are at state or maybe their safety. Well, I imagine up where you grew up, the maritime forecast, very important. That was very important. Yeah. Um, There was probably a 10 degree discrepancy between folks, you know, who lived along the lake versus people inland. Up where I grew up too, lake effect snow is a huge deal. I mean, it is in Northern Ohio, but up there it's I want to say it's it's a little bit more, well, exponential. We would get, I mean, it's one of the places in the country that get, we would on average get about 200 inches a year, you know, and that was mostly just lake effect. So it's amazing how that has an impact on your local weather, just given the fact that it kind of is its own weather maker in itself. Uh, we had, it might, have, might have been Randy Rico in here. Yeah. Who's from my hometown in Cleveland. Okay. And I said, I heard somewhere once a long time ago when growing up that the only Three places in the world that get lake effect snow are Northeast Ohio, yep. the Upper Peninsula, yeah. and Lake Geneva in Switzerland, and she had never heard that. I, because I don't think that's true. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, but I think I remember hearing that growing up. I may be misremembering. I don't know. but Definitely the Great Lakes, because even parts of Nor- well, that first market I worked in, they would get, I mean, snow would be in the forecast every day, and it just be, it was a normal thing. I don't know. It could happen. It just, it's um, basically lake effect is just the temperature of the the land versus the water. And Mm -hmm. if you get kind of that lift, it's, you get those bands that will set up. So I'll have to check. That could be a good weather fact to know. Why didn't we have a winter this year? Oh, well. Dang. I know. It's been wussy. I want to say the past three years have been wussy. And I'm sure the more people you talk to, and I've been hearing this a lot lately, um, when you were younger, you probably had more impressive winters, right? That's kind of the story everybody, when I, oh, you were so younger. I remember li- you know, missing right. two weeks of school. Exactly. Yeah. Not for no virus, but for... Yeah. Right. It was <laughs> oh dang cold, goodness. and there was and, snow everywhere. And the snow stayed on the ground for weeks. Right. Well, and I think, too, it, you know, we're getting warmer as a planet, so that kind of can influence things. Just local, you know, and just... There's so Weather is so complex because you, you not only have your local scale and your regional scale, but then you have your global scale as far as like ocean currents go and the driving, that's the driving force of the jet stream, just temperature of the oceans. So if you have a kink in the jet stream and it sets up, you know, or we talk about La Nina and El Nino, if it sets up for an entire season, you're going to have a different winter, you know? One of the theories lately has been since, um, the Arctic Ocean has didn't have any ice basically last winter. Um, one of the ideas there is that that's going to drive the jet stream to produce much colder air in our region. So that would mean for us, you know, even though the entire Earth is getting warmer, we could in fact get colder winters in the future just because that warm air over the Arctic Ocean has made the jet stream kind of in a different pattern so mm. i mean it's it, i guess it isn't all about warming but it just that warming disruption over the oceans can change how global patterns are so and i think it's just you got to think about global warming as a global scale you know what i mean that can impact those kind of smaller scale weather patterns that we get so it 
I don't know. There's there's a lot of theories out there, but it, I think just the fact is the Earth is getting warmer, so that can certainly disrupt climate or pattern weather changes or weather patterns and kind of change what we see kind of locally. It just kind of you have to break down each scale. Yeah, I remember like in early '80s. Um, wasn't there like a scare, like an ice age is coming? Or didn't that was they in the think se- in the seventies? Seventies, yeah. That was before oh, really? my time. But yeah, yeah. It was a big cover. People um, always point to that. There was this, yeah, this big article in Time magazine, or we, is there another like, because of the bad winters we'd had, right? But people didn't realize that the the, the cycles for ice ages. If I understand that correct, the cycles for ice ages and the way the planet is warming have nothing to do with each other. Most they're two likely, separate, they're two separate things. And I always say to that, but an ice age is a thing. Ice age is a thing. And you're due to have, just cyclically, you're due to have them, global warming aside, but then global warming is a whole separate thing that they discovered was happening in the meantime. Well, climate and weather are two different areas of study. So, you know, and they they do influence each other, but weather is more of the near term, whereas climate is like the long term pattern. So it's it's, sometimes it's like comparing apples to oranges when people, because people (laughs) all the time want to. When you have a warm winter or even a warm day, people want to be like, oh, it's global warming, it's global warming. But that's not necessarily always the case because you can have, you know, just a weather can change, you know, quickly, whereas climate's a long term pattern that you have to look at. So I I can see what you're saying. You can't compare these two things together as much. Two separate phenomena. Right, right. Very much so. Yeah. It was interesting over this winter when we had a big stretch of weather, what was in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, And like a couple years ago, whenever it snowed and was really cold in the winter, like it's supposed to be, people would say, there's no global warming. Well, it's not comparable. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it's warm in the winter, when it's not supposed to be, people are like, how about that? <laughs> and I feel like, too, with weather, and I, you get yourself in this situation where it's so much more complex than just saying yes or no, it's this or this. You know what I mean? There's so much more science and kind of variability between what can happen. And I always think, too, that, like, for people, what you remember as a harsh winter usually can be determined by just one snow event. And one, like, if you get one snow event that dumps, you know, five to eight inches that's how you're going to remember that past winter it was just kind of one event whether you know so i always say when you're talking terms of like a harsh winter it's the timing and the track so if we get you know in the future cold you know maybe that cold arctic air moving down because of the kink of the jet stream if you have the a system that's moving in at the perfect timing and it has the right track, you know, whether it's like a moisture-driven system with the Gulf of Mexico kind of pumping moisture into it, um, you know, you could, you'll remember winter, you'll remember that storm is kind of the defining storm of that past winter. So it, it kind of de- depends, and that's more of like a weather thing versus climate, but you just have to remember that they're two, climate and weather are two different things, and they can impact, you know, each other in different ways, and it's very complex. You know, you can't just say that if you have a warm weekend that, you know, that, well, that's global warming, you know what I mean? Or even a cold weekend, like, well, that's a hoax, you know, you can't say that just because you're oversimplifying something that's very, very complex. And and I think a lot of people understand that, you know, the weather is a very complex thing. You know, it's, it's hard enough to get the next seven days right versus, you know, what's going to happen in the long term. But I think too, if you just kind of 
Science is telling us that the Earth's getting warmer and that will affect weather patterns down the road. So we just got to kind of hang tight and try to do the best we can. <laughs> How much say do you guys get in the actual day-to-day -day forecast? Because I know when Frank particularly, sometimes I'll see you, do, you know, say, but it's, you know, it's my feeling that yeah. you know, the, the, the rain and ice line will be here or here or here. Who makes that determination? Does like Steve's kind of set things? And then you kind of guys extrapolate from there, or how does that? Well, work? we all have our own sh battle, shift. Like, well, you know, <laughs> dang it, Frank. I feel like it's a, <laughs> weird, it's a different dynamic at this station, um, just because um, Hortzmeyer has been there forever, <laughs> and he's worked at every station. He's a lifer, yeah. So he's been. Uh, he does because he has experience. You know, I always say experience kind of can. If if you know the local weather patterns, you are just going to have a knack for this area. So I feel like Hortzmeyer usually has a final stamp on things, but we all have our own input and we all, all have our own kind of expertise. Um, so you kind of hope that we all, which I think we do a good job at, we all work together as a team to kind of put in our own knowledge, you know what I mean? Because we all have something different we're bringing to the table. Whereas Hortzmeyer's experience, even Frank with experience and kind of, you know, his thing and me with my, <laughs> we all got our own kind of expertise. So you want to work together as a team because there's going to be something Hortzmeyer is going to miss, you know? So you want to communicate. I always, we do this thing now called first alert weather days. I'm sure you've heard. And a lot of yes. stations have their own versions of it. That will kind of come down to usually what the chief meteorologist, you know, Thinks, you know, which I feel like though we all kind of put our input in. Like, for example, today, I believe this afternoon, even, even though I'm not working, um, is a first alert weather day. That's just because, you know, back on Monday, Frank and I were looking at, you know, the Storm Prediction Center and they said, hey, there's going to be a marginal risk. And then I was kind of looking at things and I was like, well, it's our first kind of spring storm. We're going to probably get in the 60s today. I'm like, I think we should probably push that. And Frank, you know, agreed. And so we started getting the ball rolling on that. And then it kind of comes down to like, you know, Steve kind of putting his like stamp on it at the very end. And now it's a first alert weather day. So that's just kind of part of kind of what we do now is trying to bring attention to those days that will probably be a little bit more disruptive. But you're going to be a better weather team if everybody works together. I think. And people's egos definitely get in the way. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just trying to, like, fight your... You gotta get Vegas involved and, like, have all three of your opinions. <laughs> and then, you know, you get to put money on yeah. whether Frank's there gonna be go. right today or you or whatever. I think there should be more kind of accountability, too. Because it's, you know, sometimes <laughs> people get kind of reckless, I feel like, too. Because you can go, like, three days. Well, maybe five days out, you know, it could be all over the place. You know, that's why sometimes it takes forever to kind of come with come down to a snow forecast, you know, because there's so much variability. Yeah. So it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of interesting to kind of. Do you ever get stumped? I'm like, man, I gotta call Kevin Robinson and see get his opinion no. on this today. No, I don't. I, the thing that will get <laughs> me, you know, spying? let the, me check his Twitter. To no, see. honestly, I don't even check other. I used to, you know, when I first started, just because I didn't have as much confidence, I used to kind of see, you know, what are the other stations seeing? You know, I do that a lot less now. Honestly, I don't even know if I could name all the other people who are on the other weather teams. But I don't know if that's like, I don't know. It just kind of. It becomes a job eventually, you know what yeah. I mean? So I kind of just do my eight hour. Well, and you know, I'm always interested in weather, but I'm kind of just doing my thing. And I'm confident in my own ability to kind of forecast that. <laughs> uh, but there have been times, I mean, where I'll go on and I, I sometimes will, not that I'm different, but I'll just kind of say what I think is going to happen, you know, and it, you know, and I'm like, I didn't even really 
you should always use like the other person's forecast as kind of a springboard. We never have to start from scratch. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. You never, I never have to like completely wipe the seven day and be like, I'm starting over. It's usually me. I always say we always make tweaks to the forecast. So for me, sometimes it's like, I'll just kind of go in and I'll be like, oh, I just think these numbers, you know, and I'm like, oh, I should make sure like I'm checking the other person because it does help to check your other, like the previous forecast, you know, so that's just kind of a bit of advice. You know, you always kind of try to put yourself in the mind of the person before you and think like, well, what were they thinking when they put you know, were they thinking less clouds and then warmer temperatures as a result? You know, so it just kind of helps to use your team as you just are going to be better with more people looking at the forecast. And that's a big team over there now. Yeah, it is. We got um, five of us now, Ashley included, Ashley Smith. We have uh, Jeff Creighton, Frank and myself and Steve. Yeah. And the more people you do, the wow. more eyes you have, the more expertise the better and the better you work together, the better the team's gonna be. Do you guys do like team building, like trust falls and stuff like that? <laughs> you have to camp joy and no, I, we don't really that much. Is that on the roof there, yeah. The I feel like the only time we get together is when the consultants come in and they tell us how to be better. <laughs> yeah, sweeps weeks coming up. Right, make some storm happen. Right, it's always and it's sometimes it is a battle between you know. Well, we sometimes will say we answer to a higher power because there is we're, there's a whole television aspect to what we do and we need to be entertaining. But I yeah. feel like as meteorologists, we're all just trying to be right. At the end of the day, we all just want to be right, not necessarily like get the most viewers. Do you ever get a phone call from the city like say, hey, uh, taste Cincinnati's this weekend and... We got a lot riding on it. We need that weather <laughs> forecast no. to be good. So there's, a whole gr- there's a whole group of people um, who think that like, we're in cahoots with like Kroger and like travel companies uh, and stuff, but it's not totally. true. <laughs> the ones in Indianapolis for sure are. I think I told this with Randy Rico's episode, but yeah. Um, yeah, we go to the Indy 500 every year, and every year it, it rains or, or you know, this gloom and doom forecast. But the morning of, there's like, oh, there's a window. Looks like there's gonna be a window. We're gonna get the right. race in. There's a window. Sometimes there is a window. It's crazy, like... but it's like, come on. Is there really a window or all the hot dog vendors got together and they're like, we need people here buying beer, you know, spending money whether there's a dang race or not. I know. I feel like part of that may be wish casting. It's like, because some meteorologists definitely want to tell people things they <laughs> yeah. want to hear. They're reading the secret before they go on. Yeah. Again. So, like, I, I feel like sometimes, you know, they're, they could <laughs> sound as if they were kind of, you know... Because sometimes you you don't want to tell people bad news. Like, for example, when you have, like, opening day and it's going to rain, it's kind of like, oh, I hate to tell people that it's probably going to be raining. You know what I mean? So they may do a little bit of that kind of – maybe they're not stressing it as much, maybe just out of habit. But I don't know. With all this corona, though, okay, so they say that it cuts back once it starts to warm up. So when should we expect? <laughs> I don't to be know. Done? <laughs> I don't know. And there's a whole other school behind that saying that it could come back and I mean, be even today, worse. So maybe it's done when oh, it gets really? cold again. That? Yeah, Ooh. this uh, that it could even you know it could be worse when it comes back. So I don't know. That's kind of that's not good wish casting. No, I, I'm <laughs> gloom and doom. <laughs> no, I yeah I don't know with that. We'll we'll just have to see. I just feel like um I heard somebody and I'm stealing this from somebody else but they said you know rather this is more rather than this being like a weekend storm this whole virus this is probably going to be a whole season so we're just kind of the start of it i guess so we'll see but i i don't know my whole take on that is 
you gotta respect, it's gonna be disruptive and you gotta respect that it's happening, but don't panic. You gotta go about your daily life and yeah. do, you gotta do, you gotta wash your hands, gotta do all that stuff to kind of be a I was extra. all chilled out about it until I heard about Tom Hanks. I know, well I knew, I was like, oh we're probably gonna talk about that today. But yeah, Tom Hanks and his wife, they were, yeah. I was I thinking, I was like, who's going to play Tom Hanks in his biopic? Because, <laughs> you know, he's he's played everybody under the sun. I know, right? But, Who would play Tom Hanks? His man. son. His son looks just like him. He does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, am That's I doing okay? Is this what a podcast is all about? This is what a podcast is all about. You got one of these. These are great. We just, <laughs> just rambled. Did we start? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about t-shirts. Uh, yeah, I know. That's what people are like. Oh, whatever. Let's do this. Cincy Shirts t-shirt podcast. No, that's I, great. Uh, How yeah. long have you guys been doing this? I'm, oh gosh, there's so many different types of cotton. 110. <laughs> there's ring spun and there's poly blends. Nice, right? nice. Sometimes we print on the sleeve. Some. Hey. I learned that some uh, shirts don't, because people, I do events and people always ask, can we get this shirt on a certain, such and such color? And and, they'll, and I'll say, I don't think so. And they'll say, why not? And I'll say, because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if I learned in the past <laughs> year, four years that I've been here, is that some, once we have the design set, it doesn't really work. You can't just put it on any color. Yeah. Some materials work better with others, and it'll look rubbish if it's on some colors. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and other colors, it's fine. There's, like, there's, there's a, a range whole art you can to it. Yeah. Science, yeah. Man. Yeah. I, uh, I bought instantly the always uh, raining in Cincinnati shirt when you guys put yeah, that one out. Nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, that one's perfect. Because that was classic. a very rainy spring. I wonder, was that a year or two ago? Oh, uh, yeah, it seemed like every damn every spring, spring is rainy. Was, That's right? true. Yeah, last year, it seemed like every FC Cincinnati game up until like June was like. Well, we had the snow. flooding. We kind of got out yeah. of the woods with the. Fl- we had like the normal seasonal flooding, but it wasn't like extreme flooding like we had. Bel- Belterra always gets closed for a couple days. Yeah. In February, it seems like. That's different. The, coming down here, flooding every spring, that's definitely been a new forecast challenge in my book. And then uh, fog. You guys get fog like no other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't have that as much. Especially out where I live. Yeah. In the eastern hills, it's really bad. Sure. Yeah. You will get the hills and the valleys and all that stuff that kind of contribute. Well, so you go to weather? Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, you get advisories for it. and That's true. You guys are just used to it. <laughs> it's going to fog on Friday. Yeah, you want... Th- actually, what, the ingredients you want for fog are low relative humidity, light winds, clear skies, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Clear skies, huh? And it can... Uh, it can help. I guess you get different types of fog, but that's That is my wife's favorite weather expression. Patchy dense fog. Patchy dense. In other, yeah, I don't know if that works. In other words, uh, but I've noticed where we live, though, it can be. I guess again, patchy and dense. I guess yeah, it kind of works. You can then. have a big cluster of yeah. it on two seventy five, and then go like a quarter of a mile, and it's completely it's gone. patchy but very very dense. As, or where it's there's at. none at, at all. Yeah. Yeah. So someone just threw a sheet over your car. Exactly. No, I don't. <laughs> people always get. So many people don't understand percentage of precip. Because I'm sure a lot, well, a lot of people think like, well, 50-50, what's, if oh, it's 50% yeah. chance of rain, yeah, how, can you yeah. lose? how can you lose? But that's not what it means, folks. <laughs> it means that in your viewing area, or the place that you're forecasting for, half of that area uh-huh. will get One rain. drop of rain, or it's going oh. to rain for half the day? Oh, uh, well, that depends. That? that depends what they're... That, that's always thrown me, too. Like, yeah, it means that the likelihood of seeing rain in half of the... View, you have a higher likelihood of... Well, it's you're going to see rain in half so of the view area. So if you get one drop of rain, that's a hundred. That's it rained, that was 100% chance. 
or not the chance, but it ended up being 100% for that person. Okay. Well, so I've got a 60% chance of rain here at 5 o'clock. That means 60% of the viewing area yeah. is likely to get rain. Or, yeah, the uh -huh. place that th that's forecasted for. So yeah. you kind of have to understand your geography as well. Okay. So that's so 100% chance would mean the entire area, area is going to get oh. that there. So that's kind of... All right. Well, there you go. I know. So there's a 10% just... <laughs> chance just like... Some random farm in Newtown. Yeah, and then you're gonna hear from that farm. <laughs> oh yeah, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, it rained here," and you only said a ten percent chance. I'm like, well, you're the you're unlucky the 10%. ten. Yeah, man, there you go. You get a lot of that. People calling you out. Uh, not armchair. Not weatherman. too bad, actually. You know, I don't. Well, that goes to Steve, probably. That's Steve's email. <laughs> well, I don't answer my phone, so that's. Not... But you get it like on nice. Facebook. Sometimes you'll hear. I always say you hear from. The person, you know, the the minority, usually the vocal minority, because like most areas, you're right in most areas, honestly, you know what I mean? If you have a good forecast, it's never a complete bust, but yeah, you'll usually hear from the people who got, you know, the outlier, they got something that was a little different than everybody else, which happens. So when you go on vacation, you were talking about how when you come came down here the first time, flooding was a new thing for you. Yeah. Do you ever go on vacation and kind of watch the weather while you're getting ready for the day and be like, oh, wow, mountains, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, actually, for me, because I'm a big outdoors person when I go on vacation, like I want to hike and explore. So I usually do check the weather just to, for, you know, to know what I'm doing. <laughs> if I need to, like, plan accordingly yeah. or do something different when I'm hiking. And how do you, if you dive into the, like, local forecast where you were at, like, do you, do you watch the, the weather people? I do like watching other weather people, yeah. It's kind of fun to check out other markets, kind of how they operate. And you do notice kind of their nuances, like, you know, certain places, you know, are more focused on other things, like personality versus, you know, I don't know, just geeky weather people who are on TV. <laughs> But it, yeah. Uh, another thing I miss is uh, stations are doing this right when they went to digital, is they would use one of their extra channels, it would be nothing but weather. And it was really cool. Yeah. And gradually everybody's gotten away from that, and now nobody does that anymore. I don't even know if there are. That was the whole, yeah, because you had like so many digital sub channels. I remember that was part of the deal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even think we have one. I don't um, think anybody does in either yeah. state or Cincinnati. I, I, yeah, I kind of, I remember when we did the switch, but I don't think I was in a market big enough at the time to, like, have their own, like, station geared toward weather. Because I know they'll do special weather casts for, you know, or just kind of a recorded weather cast that they'll play. That's what, that's yeah. what, yeah. what most of the stations would do, but still it's very handy. I mean, I guess you can just pick up your phone now or whatever. Right, computer, maybe that's but, what's kind of eliminated but, it. But the reason most people watch those sub-channels is because they're watching over an antenna. Yeah. And, it, and those are the people that probably don't maybe have a phone or uh Yeah, you, know, you don't see that as much. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that's different. You see the radar and things like that. Yeah, it's always just kind of scrolling. It's like it's kind of like the weather channel. They have their exactly. own version yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. So you get on there and look yourself. Yeah. I know. Now they I don't even know what our digital so I'm sure we have. You got like six of them now. Do we? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm a cord cutter, so I know. Yeah. That. Are you Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm deep into the into the cord cutting. Gotcha. Yeah. I did. I didn't have cable for the longest time, which is kind of weird. You know, because I was back in school. I just had rabbit ears. Like you'd get all those yeah, channels. Yeah. 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 I remember in college. Now but, I feel uh, guilty if I don't. <laughs> well, in college, Bowling Green, uh, we were in the, the the tall dormitory, the big tower, and it and our room faced Toledo. 
So we could we just taped the rabbit ears to the window. We got yeah. Detroit and Toledo. And nice. Occasionally Cleveland, but the other building kind of blocked us. But we yeah. occasionally could get Channel 8. And yeah, I, would, I could get all the main channels. Yeah. And I did that for the longest time. And then as soon as I started working in TV, I kind of felt like, oh, I should probably get... It's more, I should probably get cable. So, so Josh always talks about this, you know, the success of local media is based on the fact that it's local media. Yeah. And it seems to be the way a lot of, especially 19 is going with the expanded newscasts yeah. and stuff. So say we're going to go to the 24-hour local? Ugh. I work <laughs> <laughs> I, um, Man, well, we just expanded our news coverage. Um I don't know. That's kind of the joke right now is yeah. we're like, it's a matter of time oh, before. We're on a four. We're on a 3.30. Yes. We're on, we're on it. 2.45. I know. AM. I don't know. I just hope if that does happen, we, we hire <laughs> we hire people to kind of fill the, those gaps. People must be watching, right? I mean, is I'm the news so, Or maybe not watching and <laughs> they're streaming. Maybe yeah, Judge be... How much Judge Judy can you watch though, honestly? Gosh. And yeah, Jeopardy, all that stuff. I just know if you cut into those shows... People are going to be very upset. Yes. <laughs> you don't want... Oh, people yeah. need to be, like, in tornado... Uh, they need to be dying yeah. in order to or kind of sports. do that. Yeah. No, those are very important ones. Plus, they're, <laughs> you know, advertising is... But we... That's kind of the battle sometimes is, you know, do we break in during commercials? Blah, blah, blah. Because we're still a business, you know, at the end of the day. That's when we have to ask our bosses. Because <laughs> we're all, like, weather, weather, weather. You know? Yeah. And then we got to still make money. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like they're padding out some of the this better be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get like those advermercials, whatever. Yeah, Landy French sitting there from the Honda place up in Fairfield. With we the... probably make money. I, I bet that's how we pay the bills, kind of too, in a way. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. Um, any talk of expanding? Like the weekend still seems like it's pretty short. You're only there for two hours. I know. Um, no, no talk of that. We're because we're Fox. It's like we just have different timing. I guess different times of day and different content that we you know plugged in the show but yeah there hasn't been much talk about weekends let's extend the weekend how about let's there call it monday yeah do... let's do that <laughs> like the french uh, right yeah, oh yeah what do they do I, those three-day weekends would be nice yeah france does that yeah I think some they, of the... they were they said 35 hour work week or something and a lot of and i've heard they're a lot happier yeah <laughs> or some or it's like norway yeah. and those places yeah there's no day off in the t-shirt business though right nope, nope. Yes. Yeah, we're on a ton of clock at night in the chat sometimes. Did you see this happen? Yes. Oh. So we have, I know. We had all of our opening day stock getting ready to roll. Yeah, what's, what's going to happen with that? That's a big question mark. I don't mark. know. Yeah, yeah. FCC. I saw and, you guys uh, had that, that new t-shirt, too. I liked it. Yeah, it's... Because people, I mean, if you, there's still a lot of people who kind of just think, oh, nothing's going to happen, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, and you're looking... Well, they can't keep us out. We'll just right. watch the game from outside. I'm right. Like, Don't you get it? <laughs> like, I know. No. That's like the place you wouldn't want. Well, if, especially if it's, that, yeah, with that crazy incubation time. It's crazy just you'd have a crowd of people who are maybe a lot of them are affected. And yeah. We'll see. Oh, man. But, yeah, that's, the Simpsons totally predicted it. Simpsons, and man, they predict a lot of things. It was a, a season four, episode 21. They actually with the show. They show... <laughs> These Asian <laughs> no, factory workers. No, I know, workers. and he coughs in a box yeah. and the little blob. Oh. <laughs> I love The Simpsons, too. Yeah. And the little blobs, like, oh, chasing people. The germs are just, like, they're even stopping at stoplights. What was the whole premise of that? That was just the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I was still watching it then. So yeah. I, I, don't, like, I don't remember that one. I'll have to go pick oh, out my DVD. Someone that was posted a good one. I, I, you know, oh, of course, okay. I just saw a meme or something. And I was like, all right, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> and sure enough, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Right. 
And then the dummy president comes on and talks and scares. And I was like, wow, like they knew everything. There's like, I think, YouTube videos dedicated to how much the Simpsons have predicted. Yeah, there was something else that was like that before this whole right. thing broke out. And I guess they've done, they've been on the air for so long that they gotta, yeah. they gotta gonna cover yeah, some stuff. Yeah. There's a whole, see, I love South Park. That's like my favorite show. They did a whole episode about the Simpsons did it, like oh, how yeah. they keep trying to come up with new ideas. Simpsons this, did oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Simpsons did it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so what, what holds the, you're going to stay here in Cincinnati, I guess? That's the future. I like Cincinnati. I'm, you know, I'm, as long as they'll keep me. <laughs> and I think they will. I definitely, like I was saying, I fit in here. Um, yeah, I like it here. My husband, he's a teacher. Uh, I have my sister. She works. Um, is, is he from here? No, he's from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, yeah. So in uh, Detroit, I guess too. But um, but yeah, spent most of his life in Georgia. So yeah, we like it here. It's been a good place. You know, a great midwestern town. It's really um. At first, you know, I didn't know much about Cincinnati, and ever since living here, it's kind of like it's been, it's a cool place. For sure. Yeah. We got a couple things going on. I think so. There's always stuff to do. And I like, this is one of my favorite things is you can kind of, I never grew up next to, like near a city, obviously. So it's like, I can have that whole aspect of being in a city and feel like, oh, I, I made it, you know, as far as my career goes, but then drive 20 minutes away and I'm kind of out in the country and oh, feel yeah. like I'm kind of got space and everything. So it's, you get the best of both worlds. I want to say around these parts. For sure. It's weird. If you go like to, to Newtown, it looks like you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. Well, I love kind of where you're at, like yeah. the Anderson area. Like there's just very wooded and I don't know. We'd It'd be a cool place to live if we're... There's still spots of it that are just still farmland. Yeah. And it's so it's cool. It's only like five miles from the city. Plus you're in a good centralized location. Like for us, we like kind of hiking and stuff. I mean, we, we've gone to the Smokies. We've gone up to Hawking Hills, Red River Gorge. It's like you're kind of in a cool spot to kind of branch out like, and get away for a weekend. You're like 500 miles from everything, they say. Yeah. No, that's why I love it. You're just in a good spot. Plus, when you have family in Georgia and family in Michigan, it's oh, like you you're kind of equidistant between, you know. Yeah. That's another aspect. You get older and you're kind of like, I don't want to move away from family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was it about eight hours to the top of Michigan? Yeah, it's about that. Well, from here, about 10, I'd say, cool. for where I live. Yeah, or wow. used to live. Yeah. That's what always is crazy because you think everybody talks about like the hand, you know, but that's just yes. the lower part. I'm like the upper part here. Yeah, you need two hands to show where yeah, I live. My uh, brother-in-law's family is all from up there originally. Oh, and really? So I guess the thing is, is that when you tell people where are you from in Michigan, you hold up your hand and you yeah. point on like no, that's definitely for the lower part. Yeah, yeah. that but shows then, but where he does, But he's that. from the up. They're from the UP. Yeah, and so he he'll do the hand thing, but they'll point above his hand and go we're from up. <laughs> that's there. what I have yeah. to do. I know. Yeah, um, that's cool though. I always feel like nobody really even people. People in Michigan have never gone to the UP, so it's just kind of cool when you hear when people I was in who high have been school, there. When I was in high school, my, my buddies from Pittsburgh drove up to Cleveland, picked me up, and we went to Cedar Point. Yeah. Met some girls. They were from <laughs> uh, Southeast Michigan, and uh, we went to visit them uh, a month later. Uh, we got friendly with them, and the th first thing we notice is that everybody in Southeast Michigan first apologizes for Southeast Michigan <laughs> and tells you, insists that it's beautiful up in the northern part. Forget all this. Yeah. It's beautiful up in the northern it part. It really, I think and when we you... were like, we believe you. We're from Cleveland and Pittsburgh. This is fine. <laughs> Don't abund. <laughs> it looks just like home. Well, Only whenever flatter. I see those pure Michigan signs, they're usually... Usually, like, yeah, mid, like, northern Michigan. And yeah, it's all, yeah. yeah it's, it's, the Flint water treatment plants. Not yeah. All Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, none of that. Yeah. No, I interned in Grand Rapids, actually. I did a lot of internships trying uh, to be like, does TV really what I want to do? My daughter went on a 
a church trip with uh, to Western Michigan. Okay, Western yeah. Michigan's along beautiful the, too. Along Lake Michigan there, which I yeah. think is the eastern shore of Lake Michigan. Yeah, and they got like Sleepy Bear Dunes and all that kind yeah. of stuff up there. Yeah. I always like the shoreline on Lake Michigan. They get kind of nice beach It, in that it is area. the Great Lake State after all. It is, it is, yeah. my goodness. There you go. Grew up on the water. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I do miss though about living um, here is I, I miss being on a big body of water. You know what I mean? That's kind of... Because I grew up on, you know, a lake. The big muddy not doing it for you. <laughs> I can embrace yeah. it, and I, I appreciate it's there. I'm a big kayaker, so I'm like, it's kind of nice to you can still get out on a body of water. But yeah, that's one thing I do miss. But it's not far away. That's the thing. You can always go up for a weekend. Do you still do that much around here, or do you, I mean, there's... I do, I tr- as much as I can. You know, even wintertime, it's been wussy lately, the winters have been, but I love cross-country skiing and snowshoeing and stuff, so I just try to... I've always been good at like embracing what type of weather, you know, we have. And I think that comes from just being in a place where weather dictates everything. So I, I do. I still try to get out as much as I can. Were you able to walk on the ice when you were a kid? Like, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you used to be able to do that in Lake Erie, and now you can't do that anymore. Yeah, I know. See, it's just kind of... My dad told me stories that uh, his cousins used to, uh, they would take the doors off the cars... And you drive the cars on the lake, right. and if oh, something, no, went I, wrong, yeah. something went wrong, they do that up there. And yeah, they do. There you go. Yeah. My mom grew up in a place, um, just kind of central lower or central lower Michigan, where um, yeah, they would definitely drive cars out in the lake when it got yeah, cold. With no, door, with no doors. So and if way, you went under, you, you just jump you out. Through the ice, you yeah, you kind of yeah, yeah. just bail on. Who cares about your car? Yeah, they're junkers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Get your junkers. This, is, this would be the early 50s, I reckon. It's like, it's, yeah. it was a thing to do. I remember mudding. I was talking to someone the other day how, like... And they do it around here, with just, like, back road kind of cruising, yeah. like, on dirt roads and stuff, and they, like, kind of trick oh, yeah. out their cars with the big tires and everything. We Up north, we'd call it mudding. And you just kind of go out when it's, like... I don't know, you just drive, like, your junkers around and on back roads yeah, and get, get, them, get them all muddy, and you then you don't clean them. Because what else are you going to do? <laughs> right. No, there's not much to do up there. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. This was great yeah, to kind of... Just laid back. Yeah, yep. this is nice. You guys are cool. Breeze. Yeah. And then the fun part is you get to pick the, the uh, coupon code for the, for the next week. The coupon code. Yeah, so yeah. it's a word that uh, people can either type into their computer if they're going to one of our uh, websites, Cincy Shirts or Old School Shirts. Okay. Or they can come into one of the stores and say the coupon code, and they'll save 20% <laughs> off right. of their order. Yeah. Can I make it Bodak? B-O-D-A-K? Yes, you can. <laughs> can I name Bodak. it after me? Is yes. that, like, very, Absolutely like, yeah. self-centered? Yeah. I just think it's a good, I have a good last name. hundred and ten <laughs> episodes. Weird ones. Yeah, 110 episodes in, we've had some repeats now. Okay, and it's or five letters, so it's... Yeah. Kind of. I had to go back and stick a hyphen in Wu-Tang one. Wu-Tang Forever was one. Wu-Tang Forever. Oh, gosh. See, what was some other one? I don't know. Ryan's Heinz. Someone used community. We've used community twice. And then someone used something else a couple weeks ago, and I had to go back and put a hyphen in. I actually had to go back into the interview and record it. Okay. And say, everybody, it's PF. I can, I, we're putting a hyphen in this. I told you there's no hyphen. <laughs> but I have to, have to put a hyphen so we can keep the code separate. Nice. All I yeah. like, let's do Bodak. Okay. Why not? Easy. All right. Sweet. All over case, as usual. Well, great. And then Thank folks you. can find you on uh, the social medias. Yeah. I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm on, I think, I don't even know my handle. It's Fox19Catherine. And then uh, I think I'm WXIXCatherine on Instagram and you just search me, I'm there. And you're uh, mostly the morning weather on the weekends? Yep, and weekend day. mornings, and then you can catch me Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday mornings as well. All right, there nice. you go. Yay. Oh, well, well, thanks, thanks, for, for yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. <laughs> Hope it was entertaining. It was. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I want to live in the sunshine.
Catherine Bodak, she's so nice. It's not just an act for TV, folks. Uh, I wanted to use a song uh, that involved Northern Michigan, but all I could find was that rubbishy kid rock one, so I went in a different direction and opted for Cincinnati's own Birdhouse, uh, who broke up long ago, of course, but whose members are still out there working uh, in the local music scene, uh, members of which also formed the Rusty Griswolds. Greg Martini, by the way, was one of our guests back in the summer. He had a lot of great stories about uh, Birdhouse and Rusty Griswolds and uh, the band he's in now. Gee, your band smells terrific. There's some tea involving uh, Rusty Griswolds, which um, we got to talk a little bit about with our friend Michelle Giblin as well as Greg, but um, so do check out all those episodes. Uh, good time for me to remind you to do that. Go back to the whole archive, especially uh, now they're being told to stay inside of doors as of the dropping of this podcast. Uh, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, just drop us an email, podcast at cincyshirts.com, put podcast guest in the subject line, and uh, we'll do our best to track that person down. We're going to maybe be doing these things by Skype, uh, is, is, you know, as the situation warrants. Um, also use that same, by the way, uh, email to, to support the show, uh, podcast at cincyshirts.com, buy a Venmo or PayPal, chip in whatever you feel is fair, of course. Today's show is produced by me, with all from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. Find their music in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and a whole bunch more at oldschoolshirts.com. We also have a, a new collection of uh, MLS Players Association officially licensed t-shirts, so check those out. Uh, lots of teams, uh, like hockey teams, basketball, you name it. Uh, old restaurants, radio stations, malls, all for all those cities, uh, like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns in particular. And again, the promo code for this episode is BODAK, B-O-D-A-K, all lowercase, all uppercase, mix and match, doesn't matter. Uh, it will work either way. Use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com. And again, as of the dropping of this podcast, our stores are not open at this time uh, due to the coronavirus outbreak, but once they are, if they do reopen, you are, you can go into the store and use the podcast code anytime. Just use that week's code when you go into the store and say, I'd like to use the podcast code and whatever it is for the, the week that it is. They reset every Wednesday. Like I said, in the meantime, you can use it online at bothcincyshirts.com and oldschoolshirts.com. Well, there you go. So follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye. I wish I said goodbye.